0: Well, greetings, everybody, and welcome to Paul Listnik Behind the Curtain. My chance to leave the uh, politics world I cover on WGN TV and talk about the world of theater and entertainment, uh, here on the podcast Behind the Curtain. Although, you know, arguably this particular interview has maybe a political undertone to it because of the, the, the topic and, uh, and what it's about, but you're going to learn all about that. As you say hi to my guests, they are the director and the stars of the show called Trouble in Mind, currently playing at Timeline Theater, one of the city's great theaters, who's moving to a nice big location but right now you're in my neighborhood and I really like just walking over to you uh, <laughs> to see the shows. So I wish they would just build the building there. But anyway, let me introduce <laughs> you to my, to my guest. Um, playing really a pivotal role in this show of Willetta Mayer is Shariba Rivers. Uh, Shariba, thanks for joining me. And uh, you, this is your timeline debut, I think, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> I hope it's I hope it's the first of many. I'm sure it will be the first of many shows. I hope so. <laughs> and Tim Decker, who plays Al Manners, that couldn't be a better name that the, car- that the uh, playwright gave <laughs> you. Uh, but you have been a timeline before, and I you, you've done uh, you we're in the show spill. I know that was a few years ago, or in 2015 or so. You're a million dollar quartet. So Tim Decker, in this show, you play Al Manners a little bit different, maybe from some of the other roles that you've had. And so happy we've got one of the I think one of the legendary directors and artists in Chicago, Ron OJ Parson. And you can try and deny it, but you, the other cast members here are nodding yes. So it's, <laughs> the title you're going to have to wear. Ah, uh, but Ron is the director of this show, but he's also and a timeline member, of course.
1: Man, you did the
0: show. Can we just talk about Relentless too? Because that was amazing.
1: Yeah, I really enjoyed that that one. Yeah, that was a timeline original. Uh, it's it it was a, a, a originally written there in the in their workshop, and uh, it's going places. I do believe. Uh-
0: Absolutely mm. fantastic. And of course, you're a resident artist over at Court Theater as well, So, uh, and an actor and whatever, but here you are. So let's talk about Trouble in Mind. I saw this show on opening night. Uh, people can read my review of it at aroundthetownchicago.com, and I was just floored. I mean, I'm, I've been talking about it. I keep talking about it. Uh, first, Sheree, but maybe we just need to know what this show is about for people who don't uh, don't know it. Written by Alice Childress. It's a show that takes place in the 50s, but it was written in the 50s, which for me is part of the amazing thing.
2: Yes. Yes, it's a, it's a play within a play. And um so you have a company of actors coming in to their first day of rehearsal to rehearse the play Chaos in Belleville. Um The, it's a, it's considered a race play uh, and, and a meaty play by the director Al Manners, who is, is making his Broadway debut debut as a director. And um the, the, uh, black actors well all of the actors are are basically expected to perform stereotypically yeah. uh, and um Willetta my character takes issue with it eventually um she she comes in at the beginning of the play very different than differently than she ends of the play uh but she comes in you know trying to uh walk the line trying to make sure that you know everyone is playing their role the way they're supposed to play it especially John the newcomer there and um by the end of the play she has taken the gloves off and has said no more and um and it is
0: And I think you are, you are agreeing with something I've had, uh, you know, I went with my partner and we, and we had this long discussion afterwards and everything I said, he said I was wrong, but, but I said this show, first of all, it's about racism and sexism and you can't, you, you know, that that's true. But I said that your character Willetta, undergoes a transformation throughout the course of the show. And he said, no, this is who she always was uh, and always is. So does your character undergo transformation? I think she
2: does. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, It, it, it goes from you know play along play along with this to this is just absolutely um not what we can do anymore right. and yeah. and and i think there are several things that happened um you know there's there's the there's the newcomer there's the events in the news from from the newspaper and then there's um you know just sitting with things like i have to sing through my sorrow And then Sheldon tells the story. And when he tells that story and I go home and talk to Miss Green, who is basically a race woman um, who has read that play with me and has said, baby, you can't do this like this anymore. Um, There's so many things that happen in that play, you know, happen in those couple of days to Willetta that Willetta says, no. And, and I, and it is a transformation. It's, there's, there's no more, um, there's no more code switching for her. All right. Score one, Paul, for proper interpretation. <laughs> I, do, I, do yeah.
1: I do understand what your partner is saying though, because, you know, we're inside our spirit. It's always there. It just needs a trigger to pull it out. And this is finally the straw that broke the camel's back. So mm. yeah, she, she, it's always in her, but she needed something to pull it out. All right, yeah. Ron makes Al, everybody. Al Ron, Ron,
0: did it. <laughs> Ron makes everybody correct. And Ron, I got a million questions for you, but I'm gonna I'm just gonna go to Tim. I want to oh, talk cool. about your character first of all. Al manners, obviously the name given to it by the playwright Alan Childress, because Al has anything but manners. One would argue. <laughs> um, and I gotta tell you, I told you when I when I come to Timeline, I sit in the front row. I'm, I'm I might as well be on stage with the guys, handing you a bottle of water if you need it. But I'm right there because that's the intimacy of Timeline. And Tim. Talk about your character, but I got to tell you, the language in the show that comes from your character is really rough, and I was incredibly uncomfortable listening to it, but that's the importance of a message from Timeline, too.
3: It is, and I think part of the power of, of a play like this is the intimacy of that, of that theater. I mean, it's a, it's a nice mix. Uh, I mean, this would be a great script anywhere, but, but I mean, we particularly feel that. I particularly feel that, and I really like being on stage with, with people right there, and it just lends an immediacy, to what obviously, to what we're doing. I mean, uh, you know, Ron has, has has shaped a production where every character, even this guy who's incredibly dislikable, uh, you know, gets to have their own reality and, and, and everything gets played for what it's worth. And so all of the pressures that he's feeling uh, are, you know, we're treating them as legitimate. All the pressures of this being his first Broadway show, the, the financial pressure, pressures, the difficulties that he's having with his wife, with the ex-wife, with his child, bringing all that into rehearsal and letting that inform uh, how he treats people. And so, and just gi- giving him that reality and staying rooted in a reality that you find distasteful and offensive is, uh, is, is very challenging, but it's a gratifying thing to do as an actor. if You can kind of just And,
0: see- and so part see- of the language, look, you do have to use the N word that's part of in the script and part of maybe what your character would have spoken back then. I'm sort of curious. Number one. Is that uncomfortable, to you, or, or as an actor, you just go, "No, it's what the script says. That's what I got to do." But then, secondly, because the audience is on top of you, I'm sort of curious whether you feel that tension that I'm guessing audience members like me felt, which is, "Oh, I don't want to hear that."
3: Yeah, um, coming, I will say, coming into rehearsal first day, I was, I was mindful of it. You know, I mean, I was, and and and, you know, uh, it was uh, just something that we just, you know, just blew right through. But it. it, it yeah, I I was certainly you know willing for there to be space to, you know not not use that language not use that kind of language of rehearsal <laughs> for a period of time or until we got to know each other or whatever that wasn't what we, what we were doing. Ron just wanted to go, you know, for-
0: <laughs> got a job to do. Precisely, precisely, and we only had
3: we only had three and a half weeks of rehearsal. <laughs> well, <laughs> we
0: Ron, let me go to you for a little bit of the history because the Alice Childress wrote this, but I mean, you go to Timeline and you're on Google the rest of the night is what happens. And, and, uh, as you start reading. And so, um, a couple of things I want to talk about the reality within the space, but, but this play got written, I think it was 1955, presented off Broadway in 57 to great reviews. It never made it onto Broadway. Uh, I'll ask you why, but, but this also should have, she should have been the first female um, African-American playwright on Broadway and wasn't. And arguably it was kind of her own doing because of her demands about this play.
1: Well, I think, I think that's part of what the play is about. She wasn't going to, to uh, uh, cut anything because the producers wanted her to, she wanted to to put it out there. And so, yes, it was her decision and uh in reading about that it was kind of blacklisted for years you didn't even see this play i actually did the play years ago i played john the, y- the young guy when i was in my 20s and uh, a friend of mine was teaching at wayne state and he did a production of it i was a young actor then and i did that's when i first uh, um, found out about it and i've been thinking about it all these years was, oh yeah and i did it at at northwestern with students and that was an interesting production and so i i was glad to be able to to, to, to get a a hands on it again. And it just was on Broadway. Yes. But you know, on Broadway, yes. And uh, on Broadway, it was a big proscenium stage, you know, and like Tim said, the difference with timeline is the intimacy, which lends itself to another uh, expectation or, uh, you know, uh, idea of the play you get, you're inside the play not on the outside of it. And I, I talked about it in a rehearsal where I want people to feel the play, not just see it and hear it. They'll feel it because they're right there. Yeah. They can, they can, you know, they can hear uh, those things that Tim is saying and feel what he's telling and what he's talking about and feel what willetta is feeling and the tears that are coming from her because you're right there sitting next to her. So yeah, Alice, I had to give her a lot of credit. She was, she stood by her guns, you know, uh, Lorraine actually did change some things and raise it in the sun to do it because they wanted her to change some things, and you know she looked at the the bigger picture of what it'd mean for you know theater and in, in, in general. but Alice was like, "Hey, this is my play. either take it like this or you don't get it." And uh you know she suffered from that, but again, her her legacy is written.
0: And you, and you mentioned Raisin in the Sun because that did turn out to be the first play on Broadway written by an exactly. African-American uh, female. Uh, by the way, I know sometimes you talk to actors and, and lately I'll ask if they've read a review. They say, no, I don't read reviews. And so I only share something when I think it, it's good to hear. Yeah. Um, so if you if you didn't read Chris Jones's review, what I will tell you is he comments on the Broadway version of this and, and says it's fine. Um, but that you guys completely outshine what was done on Broadway, that this is a much better production. So if you didn't know that, I'm letting you know he said that. Uh, <laughs> We're going to take
2: that. We're going to take that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Thank you yeah I, I wouldn't tell you if he I
0: wouldn't tell you if he said, why did they ever put this thing out no <laughs> and then and then, Ron, let me also ask you this, you know one of the things I didn't know what I was in for, I tend to do a lot of my homework, you know, but afterwards, I want to go in and just kind of have an experience. You walk into that theater and it leave it a timeline. There's always something historical going on. And they said, oh, Paul, do you want to come sign? We got a wall here and sign it. And didn't I said, okay, that's a very theater thing to do, but didn't quite know why at that point. And, uh, and then there's the ghost light on stage. So how much of that is you? I don't think that's in the original play. How much of that is you is to
1: create this immersive backstage well, for, environment? Well, For one thing, I used Caitlin McLeod, who did the show for me up at Northwestern when she was a student. And she got out and she was, you know, we talked about that before, but at, and plus timeline. Timeline likes likes to let let you feel like you're in the space, and in particular with this one in the lobby, we wanted to make it like it was an extension of the theater, like it's a green room, and there's a dressing room there with a radio, like actors sit in front of their in front of their uh, their mirror and get ready to to perform, and we even have you know some pictures there of 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 me and Burt Williams, who I kind of dedicated it to, he was a classically trained actor that had to do menstrual shows, you know, mm-hmm. even though he was, you know, forced to have to live in that world, but he was a brilliant, the first uh, African-American member of Actors' Equity. So I just wanted to pay homage to all of those actors on the wall, and we didn't have enough space to really include all of them, but we have some people up there, Canada Lee and and uh, Juanita Moore and Hattie McDaniel and people like that, that had to play these roles, um, you know, back then, just like Willetta is saying, no more, you know. And uh, so, yeah, that that was part of it, you know. Yeah.
0: And, and um, you also dedicate the show to Hattie McDaniel as well, um, yes. which I thought was just so cool to see. See, when I saw those pictures on the wall, I was going to take my caricature out of Parrot Petarino's and bring it over to you and say, here, borrow this for the run of the show. <laughs> <you're> like, right. <laughs> nobody wanted that.
3: Sharif,
0: Sheree- <laughs> I'm sort of curious, um, how much when you, when you got cast in this or, or maybe I shouldn't, I didn't assume a timeline. But when did you start to sort of read about Alice Childress, read a little bit of the history of the show? Because that part of what struck me so much is not just the play itself, but mm. the
2: background of it. Um, I, I read some of Alice Childress's other works. This, this particular uh, play came to me earlier this year. And once I got it, I immediately started reading it and, um, and then started crossing my fingers that, uh, Ron OJ would cast me. So we're not going to talk about the number of times I've had to audition for him, but he won't cast me in
1: anything (laughs) No, let's you know what? Let's I turn this into you know, a I therapy session. That. Let's I deal with that right <laughs> now. <laughs> she had the play and all of that. That's, that's that's how that's how things don't just happen, things happen just, you know. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, um, and and this is the so I I'm a fan of Alice Childress. Um, I'm I'm particularly a fan of this particular this play because of the message, because of the the kind of uh Woman Willetta is uh the, the things that she I, I mean I love her from beginning to end, whether I agree with her or not from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. Um I, I absolutely love her. And I love what Alice uh, uh, Childress was trying to do with with this play, with these characters, with the message. This this literally is a dream come true in so many different ways. Um, being able to uh have this kind of role my first year in equity being able to work with Ron O'J, being able to you know do such an important uh piece of work something that that still carries a message all of these years later and then being able to work with the cast that we have our cast is freaking amazing um working working I mean Tim Tim walked in and first day I was like oh god I don't know if I can I found odd maybe I shouldn't have this role. <laughs> I was I feel, blown I away by Tim. I was like, I'm never going to be able to stand up to this guy. Well, that's probably because um,
0: Ron casts him all the time, but not you It's probably <laughs> one of those things. Oh, <laughs> <right>. <laughs> well, so, and Tim, let me ask you about a couple of the other characters. I think they're really interesting. Once again, in my post-show discussions where I come up with theories that don't necessarily uh, stand up. But the character, Henry, uh, who's played by uh, Charles Stransky in the show, the character Henry, to me, also represents because it, it's kind of it looks like it's kind of a minor role, and he's this near seventy year old guy, and um, he used to be the engineer, and now he's kind of a not stage manager, but kind of he's just kind of there, I guess, and you know bringing people coffee and stuff. But but for me, those moments that this character Henry has, whenever you start your character starts mouthing off and doing those things, he's ready to punch you. He's gonna take, but he never has. He's never, who does who does Henry represent? Because I think Henry represents a lot of society.
3: Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think he represents a lot of people that would, you know, that would just like to. He he knows. I think he has enough life experience that he's not intimidated by Al Manners. He's by that kind of behavior. He knows that that sort of behavior is indicative of of weakness. I think, and he just is not. You know, if I'd caught him, we you know we joked one a lot in rehearsal. But if I if I if I'd spoken to him like that twenty years earlier, that would have gone very differently. You know, but uh,
0: yeah, and, and let me also ask you about the the character of Eddie played by Adam uh, Um Adam looks like he's really young so you know and, and I, but but my point is I think he needs to be right I mean I, I think and I know so some of his other work he's not it's not like he's playing you know he's been in Chicago Fire and a bunch of stuff but it in it, it looks like he represents for me the person in the show who is going to be influenced he's the next generation he's working his way up and you are teaching him the message you're teaching him
3: Hmm. Mm-hmm. well I think the thing about, you know, that character in particular and the, the the Henry character, bullies, my character is a bully, have a genius for picking on who they can, you know, and discerning who they can treat that way. And because I don't treat everyone like that in the show that way, don't, he doesn't treat all the characters like that. But he, right. he knows who he can, he, he, you know, he has a sense for finding out who who he can pick on and who he can't and what he can get away with and what he can't. And he, he thinks he can pick on the letter and has but finds out that ultimately that, that that's not going to work. Probably she's not having it. Um,
0: and, and Ron, when you do a show today, because uh, you're obviously part of the selection process, right? Along with with, with timeline folks and the board. But what, what was it about this show that, that had you say we need to look, is it the, I mean, is it today's political climate that led people to go, this is a topic and, and these are issues we need to deal with today?
1: Well, well, I think, yeah, this, the topic is, is always there. It was there then it's there now, you know, even with the new movements, that are going on, there's still those elements there. Um, uh, going back on uh, Henry and Eddie, I mean, those characters sometimes in productions of this play are looked at as like, just in the background. Mm-hmm. But you know, these two actors, they they came forward with some stuff and I was like, yeah, 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 this, this is really, this really works. And uh, for instance, Charles, he's been around a long time. He's been, he's, he has several stories that we all listen to about his history. And those are the kind of things that I would say. Yeah, that's Henry right there. I mean, that's that's who that's who th- who he is. He's the doorman now, but the the doorman in those Broadway houses know a lot about the theater. I, I did. I was only on one Broadway show, and that was uh, with Steppenwolf. We did one flew over the cuckoo's nest, mm-hmm. and I learned so much just hanging around because I had a really small part. So I spent a lot of time talking to those old guys in the theater. I got to know those guys, you know. And uh, going back to Alice Childress, uh, I did a production of hers at uh, at Steppenwolf called Wedding Band, and that was years ago. And it was very groundbreaking for Steppenwolf at that time. They weren't woke, so to speak, you know. Um, and it was new. And 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 again, it was Alice Childress that did that. Her play Wedding Band was. Was ga- groundbreaking when it was written, and it's groundbreaking now. I yeah. know the Stratford yeah. Festival is getting ready to do that. And there, people are learning about Alice Childress now. She's been around all this time. And so it's just beautiful to see that. Me and Kathy Perkins, who did a friend of mine who did lights on Broadway, and she was actually going to do the lights for us, we were talking about it the other day as far as man, it would be so great for Alice Childress to see her plays being done like this. It would just be a beautiful thing. I, so, I thought about that. I thought
0: about that too. And Sharif, I'm going to ask you a question. If this isn't fair, just toss it to somebody else. Um <laughs> uh, Well, which is, you know, again, I I've mentioned several times that one of the things I'm struck by in this show is the fact that it's a, a look back at the fifties, except it was written in the fifties. And mm-hmm. I, I thought a lot after the show about August Wilson and, and his career of writing period pieces as he went through his decade series and, and all of that. And mm-hmm. I don't know why, but in my mind, is there, is there, is there a parallel to be drawn? Or maybe I should just open up the question for you and, and have all of you answer it. But who else would you compare in terms of this message writing, this style? Is this of an August Wilson flavor or is that not the playwright you would put her in the category with?
2: Um, I, I wouldn't put her in the category of August Wilson. I mean, I, I think August Wilson is his own category, first of all. <laughs> a lot of people, you know, it, when they think Black plays, they think August Wilson um, before they think anyone else, I think. Uh, I don't know if I but I would also probably not put Alice Childress in in just a, a group of of other folks. Um, her her work I I think just the fact that she stood her ground yeah. first of all with this, especially with this this play. And um, in that time, sets in that her time. apart. Yeah, sets her apart from from um, other other playwrights. Um, and and like Ron said, she has so many things that are that's out there that people don't particularly know about. Um, but they they need to, to they need to know Alice Childress and they need to know her work. And so I'm I'm glad that this. Finally made it to Broadway, but more importantly, I'm glad that we find we got to do it here in Chicago because I think, uh, like Ron said to us in rehearsal, I think Chicago does things differently, and um, and we put our Chicago style on it. And I think I think we have a, a gem of uh, a production here with with Trouble
0: in Mind. I'm so glad you said that because I mean, people talk about Chicago is like the second <laughs> city when it comes to theater. Now you know. First of all, in New York, I get New York. I love New York and whatever. But, you know, th- th- those are tourist shows, right? You go into an audience and you're surrounded by tourists. You come to a Chicago theater. I'm not saying there aren't visitors there, but you are surrounded by Chicago people. That's why everybody wants to try their shows out in Chicago because they're getting real feedback and find out what it's all like. Ron, let me just throw that question to you, my previous... Maybe I'm just, you know, inaccurate to start trying to, you know, think of somebody else that that uh, well, she let me, me, me
1: re- let me uh, Let me add to that. Yeah. I would say... August Wilson was aware of Alice Childress. You know, if anything, she influenced him. And I think because a lot of the playwrights that people don't realize, but he was a very well read playwright and he was started as a poet and he started, you know, he was very he was reading these people. And then, you know, so I would put that influence from her to him. Versus the other way around, I think oh, it's hard yeah. what people what people are listening to and hearing, because you know all the ones that came before are important. And Alice was in, you know, and I mean, I go back to like there's a playwright named Eulalie Spence that wrote in the 30s. There was a black woman. There was P.J. Gibson who I when I came up doing, she did a play called uh, "Late um, Long Time Since Yesterday." I mean, there's those are people. Alice Childress, uh, had. You know, her people, Adrienne Kennedy, people like that, they were writing and we need to know about these people. And I think Alice does that because now her plays are getting done like this. We do a thing at court called the reading series where we take plays from the 50s and 60s and 70s and do readings of them. And we had talked about Trouble in Mind at court years ago. And, it, you know, it just didn't happen because people weren't thinking about it the way they are now because of that Broadway production. And now a lot of regional theaters are doing it, too. So I, I'm just glad to see it. But I, I think, yeah, I, to me, they're all influenced. You know, August has influence on these young writers, even though they don't even realize it. And then he was influenced by some some people, too. Uh, Claude Purdy is a, 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 was a good friend of his that influenced his writing. and Ed Bullens and uh, Charles uh, uh, Fuller, you know, Joseph Walker. Th- those people were, you know, there's a whole bunch of them. And I'm glad you know, Alice is getting her spotlight.
0: And and you're, that perspective is really so cool because it's, you're right. It was, It's more of a question of influence uh, than, than trying to, you know, put somebody in you know, who belongs with somebody in terms of their writing style. But you're right. It's really about influence and that's powerful. And Tim, let me ask you, you spent a lot of years in Million Dollar Quartet at Apollo. I saw him that. And this is a real different role. Um, I saw that too. I didn't
1: <laughs> know it was him. I didn't know. I knew you from somewhere and I kept thinking, where is it? It was that yeah <laughs> jerry lee lewis man no i'm <laughs> no but you worked
0: with levi christ right yes yeah yes. he's a good friend i love that but can you what about the challenges of doing something like that which is it's great fun it's great music do you, do you look at you know do you look at something like this and say that this is i'm serving a greater purpose in a role like this or once again is it performing and acting is part of the job
3: oh sure no and this is i mean I, I like to think of myself as being versatile as an actor and in a market like Chicago to make a living at it, you have to be versatile. You really can't pigeonhole yourself in any one thing. Uh, so yeah, I really value the fact that I could be in something like million dollar quartet for four years and then, and then also find sort of the grounding to do something like this. That that's, that's something that I s- strive for in, in my, in my career. But uh, yeah, I mean, they're obviously, they're very, they're very different things. They, but they, you know, they each have their own, I mean, you know, the in Million Dollar Quartet, every night, or as, you know, uh, in a story as it was, every night there was an explosion of joy for people that had experienced that music, you know, and they really reconnected with it. And that was a fantastic thing to be a part of. Uh, and I really enjoyed that. This is, uh, you know, I experienced this more deeply, but, uh, you know, you, you you just find the value in, in whatever you're working in and, and don't treat anything, try or try not to treat anything just like a, a quote-unquote job, trying to find yeah, people.
0: yeah. Right there, and Shariba, so. I know you've got a you know a long career, but this is your first time at Timeline. So, do you? We're talking so much of, about the history and the messages of Timeline. Is there something special about doing a production of Timeline now that you're now that you're there?
2: Uh, yeah, I, I the the fact that they can pretty much take anything, <laughs> the, the things that they do, they're taking them and making them still relevant today. So this was written in the 50s, it is set in the 50s, and yet some kind of way, (laughs) I don't know if that's fortunately or unfortunately, but it, you know, some kind of way, this it's it's still something that we need to talk about, something that we need to hear and see and be a part of in 2022. And and, um I've seen I've seen a couple of productions at timeline and I've I've literally walked out of the shows just so overwhelmed and full from the productions. And, you know, I, I hope that people are walking out of our production like that, but I have never been disappointed by, by what Timeline offers, um, its audiences. And it's, um, it's lovely. I think that's part of what we're supposed to do as artists. We're supposed to, make people get up, walk away, and still want to talk about something, still want to, you know, still have questions, still have, you know, some friendly debate about some things, we want to come back and see it again because they may have missed something. Um and and if we're and if we're not if we're not making people uncomfortable, if we're not making people want to talk, if we're not doing those things, then we're not doing our job, or maybe it's not something that we should be doing in the first place. And, um, so
0: and, and Ron is a director, I mean I think of just so many of things you've done. You are all about message and purpose. That's kind of, I'm guessing that's kind of how you select some of the shows you want to do.
1: Yes. That's part of the thing is to educate and entertain. And, um, you know, even, even recently with Arsenic and Old Lace, I wanted to, to make a statement about a story, you know, it's funny. It doesn't, you know, it's about the story, which again, that's the Chicago way. Let's tell these stories. We don't. I don't care about who's the star and who's this, and that. Let's just tell the whole story and that and timeline. You know, that's that's what timeline is about. Let's tell these stories. Let's educate people. These talkbacks and stuff that we're having. You know, a lot of people again didn't know about Alice Childress, so yeah. it's so funny. You know, at, when when we did Wedding Band, I hate to harp on her plays, but we did that at Steppenwolf. People were like. Who is this woman? Where is this coming from? You know, all you got to do is, well, now you can Google it, but we had to go to the library. (laughs) But um, you know what I mean? But anyway, yes, to answer your question, always thinking of educating and entertaining and getting a message out
0: Well, I just want to encourage everybody to see uh, Trouble in Mind. It's playing at Timeline Theater over on Wellington near Broadway. It's got to close, or it looks like it's going to close on December 18th. So be sure you see your tickets. It is an experience you will be talking about for weeks to come, because I got to tell you, I have been. Shariba Rivers and uh, Tim Decker, Ron O.J. Parson, thank you for your time. It's an amazing accomplishment. It's an amazing show. Trouble in Mind. And you can get tickets, by the way. If I didn't say the website, it's theater.com. Theater spelled the proper British way, T-R-E at the end. I'm always impressed when we end the word theater that way. It's much better than T-E-R. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for being with me. It's a great show. You got till December 18th. Check it out, everybody. Timeline Timeline timelinetheater.com Have a good day. Thank you.